everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of Opposites React. This is Tyler, here with my wife Sarah, of course. Yo. Today is Wednesday, May 6, 2020. Hope everybody's doing good. Um, what shall we talk about today? Well, we do our usual intro, we talk about what we've been doing in the past week or so. So, um, what about you, Sarah? Anything special? Anything you playing or watching? So I've been playing a lot of Persona 5 and mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, which has not changed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that Picross S4 came out. <laughs> and I honestly have had made no time for it so far, which is shocking for me because those games are yeah, like... You'd be all over that normally. Exactly. And I was late to the party and I feel bad. But I am just so into Persona and Animal Crossing that I can't break out. And I haven't... Like usually Picross is the game where... If Lucas is at school and I have mm. like downtime, like I'm eating lunch or something, I will play Picross. And I haven't really had that <laughs> with everybody being home. So when everybody goes back to work and school, I will finally probably play Picross at that point. Okay, fair enough. Um, for me, it's you know more in the ordinary. Um, uh, MLB the show, obviously, lots of that, and uh, and Apex Legends, which the trailer just dropped for season five the other day. Not mm-hmm. the gameplay trailer, but like the cinematic trailer introducing. The new character, which is Loba, which was teased in the the Revenant. when Revenant came out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it looks interesting. I, I think her abilities were leaked online. I read some description, but again, I'm not sure if it's 100 percent confirmed. But if if what the trailer seems to indicate and what the leak seems to hold up is that her abilities seem pretty cool. Some something to do with she can teleport. Okay. Maybe she can, like, she, she has like maybe an ability to magnetically like have loot come to her. Like she can get mm. a gun from like 50 meters away and just like you know pull it to her. Which would be useful during a fight, I guess, or if you're. I wonder how you did on PS4. Though. Like that seems like it would be easier on a PC kind of thing, but mm. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if what I've indicated, from what people on Reddit have been saying, and what I saw in the trailer, it seems like uh, they are destroying Skulltown for season five. So that's going to change the Kings Canyon map quite a bit. They could use the shakeup. Mm-hmm. Don't know if they're introducing new weapons or. Uh, I mean, there'll obviously be every time there's a new season. There's always a bunch of patch notes, so probably nerf or tweak some characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think who would need a. People have been complaining forever that Mirage needs Mirage needs a buff. Maybe redo his ultimate or or his passive. One of the other. What was that special event where they had like the you were colorless, but uh, what, there was one that Mirage. Oh yeah, the tart, the at. dummy one. Oh yeah. Oh, you're talking about where, like yeah when they did that event where uh, I can't remember what it's called. You're right, but um, it was like dummies only event or yeah. something. But yeah, there was an ability. There was like a ultimate ability you could have where like you could have a bunch of decoys, but they would all move in different directions as you. Right. So like, if you were running one way, they sort of like run the opposite way. So it's, it, that would be a really useful way to help his his ultimate yeah. sort of. Because right now, like you go invisible, which is great, but people can still hear your footsteps, and, and it's pretty easy to kind of track down an invisible mirage. Uh, whereas if you have a bunch of decoys going the opposite direction, that would really confuse mm-hmm. players. Um, yeah. So season five drops next Tuesday, the twelfth. Looking forward to that, like always. You'll hear about it on Wednesday. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome updates for next week. Uh, MLB the show is more the same. They're still putting out a ton of content for that thing. Like, there's always new programs, um, moments. Uh, so, like, like uh, they recently updated their May schedule, and so now, what is it? Today's the sixth. Um, tomorrow there's a new event starting, uh, which will be interesting because so far all the events have been um, usually involving a lot of high-end diamond cards, like. Uh, Last couple of events have been just using rookie, not rookie, uh, like prospect yeah. and face of the franchise cards, right. which all the people who have been like grinding at home on quarantine have like all these awesome cards already. <laughs> so if you if you don't, you're don't bother playing the event because right. I mean I shouldn't say that everybody's skill level is different. Just because someone has great cards doesn't mean they're a great player. Right. I've I've seen that many times playing. I've gone into ranked matches where I've gone in with like a silver lineup squad because I'm trying to do missions. So mm-hmm. like I don't really care if I win or lose. I'm going up against a guy with like all diamond squad and I, I'll 
go up like three nothing in the first inning, he'll just quit. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you can buy your way in. Yep. But uh, with the events, so that because there are only three innings, like if people go down early, they probably just quit anyway because right. they're not gonna waste their time. But uh, so the new event anyway, sorry, starting tomorrow is uh, it's gonna be just live series cards. So oh, so no okay. no legend cards, flashbacks, right. no. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll make the lineups a little more diverse. Um, How many live diamonds are there? Uh, off the top of my head, maybe fifty or sixty. Oh, okay. I don't know. So quite a bit. Yeah, there's still there's still plenty to use. Most teams have two or three diamonds. Some teams have none, but right. like some teams have at least two diamonds. Some have as many as like four or five. Is it more, does one team have more than four? No. Trying to think. Well, the Dodgers have four. Uh, Yankees have three. Astros have four, and maybe four is the max for a team for diamonds. But uh, anyways, the, and then there's also going to be a lot more content coming out this Friday. Friday they're always good for doing content drops, so they're going to have a uh, a new player program this Friday that they usually do. So it'd be some kind of flashback or legend player that we can do missions towards and unlock a free diamond card. Right. And they're also going to put a new put a new conquest map for Mother's Day. Oh. <laughs> Um, people were speculating like maybe it'll be like in the shape of a heart. Right. Uh, some people said, I think in years past when they've done one of these, it just spells out mom. Oh, cute. So anyway, that's just more content for people that don't really want to play online. You kind of yeah. do the, the offline grind. I mean, you you're, get you're, good rewards for finishing it though too. Yeah. Well, you're going to get the program stars towards the third inning program, which is useful. And, uh, it's crazy. Like I was looking at the market the other day because the market always fluctuates whenever there's sales on the stubs, mm. which is like the in-game currency for those that don't know that you can buy the cards with. Uh, there was a sale the other day, so the market prices all went crazy. Like Trout, Mark, Mike Trout, who normally goes for like maybe 290,000 stubs. No, that's nothing. In years past, he was as much as half a million. This, that's this, like 500 it, 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 actual the, the, price, the prices are tempered this year because there's no real baseball on, so the, yeah. the cards aren't fluctuating. There's no inside edge. Oh, yes. Like, so this year, the live that series means diamonds. he's consistently on. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, he never really gets a downgrade anyways. But, but anyway, so with the recent stub sale, um, we're – that always makes the market go kind of crazy. So I think at one point Trout was going for three fifty, three fifty thousand stubs, but now like they've dropped some new, some new cards for Battle Royale. Like if you go oh. twelve and zero in Battle Royale, they dropped a couple new diamond cards, and now those are already going on the market for like three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, well, nobody does those. Like that's craziness. Yeah, but but is that is like a hundred thousand is like a hundred bucks, isn't it? Uh, I can't speak for the, like most of the, the, the currency obviously is different up here in Canada compared yeah. to the States. But I would say, for example, like if I wanted to buy, like they sell the stubs obviously in certain bundles yeah. online. Like I think, for example, if you bought, um, if you buy 20,000 stubs, they throw in like a bonus 4,000. So you get 24,000 stubs for like 28. So I think like when I, like the highest you can buy, I think is a hundred in terms of bundles, you can get 150,000 stubs in one bundle. And I think that goes for Canadian about 166. Wow. So, so it's even more than I thought. Yeah. It's a little more than a dollar per, per thousand Jeez. stubs. Yeah. Oh boy. That's why it was good when they had that sale recently. They had that sale was, um, was it fi- I mean, 15, 15%, 15% off. that's not a lot, but for me to, so, so what was it instead of, instead of $166, it would have been what, like under 150 or? Oh, yeah, definitely under 150. Yeah, I can't do the basic math in my head right now, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and everybody says apparently in the years past they've always had a big sub sale around Memorial Day in the U.S. Okay, which I think is that the same is, as Victoria I think Day here? It's later, and I think it's in it's in May sometime. I don't know. It's well, so is Victoria Day. Yeah, I would assume so. <laughs> Jeez. So there might be another sub sale this month. I don't know, but yeah. Anyways, that's it for MLB. I'm gonna move on. Um, yeah, so just want to get into our topics. I got a couple of cop- topics for today. I we can am discuss. not privy to these ones today. Uh, they are mostly video game related today. I do have a movie topic I can throw in if we have some time. But uh, yeah, I don't think the video game discussion will take us too long. But uh, it's it's something I think we can both discuss this time. I know usually 
I'm the one doing most of the talking, but... Um, <laughs> See how at, fried my brain is today? Well, these questions are kind of open-ended, I think. like in, Based on your past experiences, you can elaborate on these. So, um, You overestimate my memory. Yeah. So the first one I'm going to get into, the first question actually is... Um, I, I kind of, I'll admit, I kind of stole this topic from uh, reading, looking at the forums on Reset. I'm not sad about stealing Reset topics. era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not stealing the people's answers yeah. and stuff. I'm just like, but look at the topic and trying to come up with my own answers for it. So in this case, the question was, and it's an interesting one when it comes to video games, which uh, which video game series had spinoffs that were, ended up being more successful than the main series? More successful, not just as successful? Uh, well, you could say just as is, is fine too, but in some cases, I think some of these are more than, like, in terms of sales and, and just, like, the way the franchise has shifted from, like, a main to a different sort of... Like, I would probably say Persona. Yeah, so the one example I put on here, which you've already mentioned, would I did see this one mentioned on Resetters, yeah. what kind of triggered the topic, would be um, how originally Shin Megami Tensei was the big... The brand. Brand on that series, yeah. and then when Persona came out... Like it, it, like in North America, it's mm-hmm. called Shin Megami Tensei Persona. Right. But in Japan, it was never called that. It was just Persona. Mm-hmm. So it was an offshoot of SNES. Right. In North America, it probably didn't get big till Persona Three, though, right? That oh was yeah. The one that broke I think through, Four like... was probably when it hit. Five even probably is when it hit mass market. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But uh, and then people go back and get to do like three and four because they're in the same style. But that that offshoot is probably now more popular than the original SMT games for sure. You need to consider if you want to consider a spinoff of a spinoff, you could even say she maybe tends to Persona and then Persona to like those dancing games. Uh, okay, they're like... not very popular. <laughs> no, I know, I, I know, them. I know they're not. We'll see with more the, popular, the Q, but... like Persona Q. Yep. Uh, I love those ones. They're not going to be more popular than Persona, but yeah, that that is an example of a spinoff, spinning off of a right? spinoff. If you ask people, from the, like you like both those series, but you're probably more familiar with Persona nowadays than you are SMT. Like, yeah, I've only beat one SMT right. game. I have beat another one of the offshoots, Desert Level Saga, um, but I've never done. De- right. I've played Devil Summoner. And... I was gonna say the big thing with Persona, I think, for brand recognition for you guys, probably the characters. For sure. Like, yeah, it's all about the characters and the yeah. relationships. It, I love the battle system because it's hard mm-hmm. to find a turn-based battle system these days. Uh, like everything's getting away from it like Final Fantasy and stuff but uh, it is definitely has like everything I like it's just so darn long and so much reading <laughs> so another example I saw mentioned here I thought was interesting because it's not to say that this series is dead in the water necessarily they could always make another one but I feel like the focus has definitely shifted I would, would say in terms of, a, of an EA product um, people were saying that Apex Legends is probably be more successful now than Titanfall, Titanfall. Like, they could still make a Titanfall 3, but EA has even said, like, Apex is our money cow. Like, right we're we're going like to keep... Other than, like, the Ultimate teams? Yeah, well, yeah, aside from the sports yeah. games. Like, they said, like, Ape... I think they said Apex for 2020 is going to be, like, their only shooter, really, that they're focused yeah, on. Yeah, I don't like... think... They said Battlefield's not coming till mm-hmm. next generation. Right, yeah. So, for sure. So, they're putting, they're putting all the eggs in Apex basket, um, which... which And people... It's funny, because a lot of people, when I read online, they weren't even really aware that Apex was part of the Titanfall universe. Yeah, it is actually it, part of it. Like, oh, it is, for sure, yeah. It's actually funny. I remember after I played Apex like so much last year, I went back and played Titanfall 2 again. Mm. So I, I think it was one of the PlayStation Plus games at one point. I think so. So I played Titanfall 2, and it's funny how all of the guns that are in Apex are in Titanfall 2, yeah. but they're just renamed differently. Oh, are they? But you know as soon as you picked up and you shot it, you're like, oh, this feels like that gun from Apex. Oh, so it actually so, feels Yeah, like exactly it feels exactly like, yeah. Interesting. So it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um yeah, I mean, I would like to see... People are always kind of clamoring for them to put more Titanfall stuff in Apex. Like, I'd love to see some kind of crazy event where you could have, like, Titans in there somehow. Oh, I'm sure like, people are clamoring for yeah. that, and that'll be... Like, I hope there's, like, a map one day that mm-hmm. lets you do that. Not every map, because that would just break probably a lot of things, but yeah. definitely a big map. Um, 
Another example I found was interesting because, again, I think both these series are obviously still very popular, but I do feel like it has shifted a bit more towards one than the other is the Forza Motorsport series and Forza Horizon. Yeah. I feel like Horizon has stolen, stolen some of that steam from... Like, yeah. Forza Motorsport still has its its fan, it has its, its base of people that like those realistic Precious sim games. Yep. But Forza Horizon, I think, just feels awesome. Like, they put so oh, much content different. into those games. Oh, yeah, it's totally different. Obviously, you have an open, Forza Horizon, more open world. You have... Um, it's more corny. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot more arcadey aspects to it, um, especially with some of the DLC stuff they put out for yeah, it, Lego. which is cool. Or, or the Hot, Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, yeah. But, yeah, Forza Horizon, I think... Uh, like, they'll still probably keep alternating those series, I think. Like, there'll, be a, so. there'll be a Forza 8 did, for Xbox Series their, X, and then... They skipped their first year ever last year, didn't they? I think so, yeah. Oh, I assume it's coming this holiday with the Series X. But it wouldn't surprise me if they saw a downtick in sales on Forza 8, if they kind of focused more towards the Forza Horizon, because those ones always sell well. Like For sure, yeah. they're gangbusters. Like, you know what to expect from... It's a, diff- it's, a different, it's a different developer, too. Cause I think, oh, is it? I think Turn, Turn 10? 10 does the regular motorsport games, and uh, Forza Horizon is done by Playground Games. Yes, yeah. you're right. So, I was just trying to remember their name. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's one I thought you'd find interesting. I mean, in no way do I think this, this would be a... Metal Gear Survive. I'm not, I'm not trying to say this one one is more popular than the other, but I think it's interesting how uh, what well, it, it's very different gameplay wise. Obviously, I was gonna say the the Dead or Alive series and Beach Volleyball. Beach yeah. Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably argue if they put out a new Extreme Beach Volleyball, it would sell. They still sell it in Japan. Like yeah. they just, they keep re-releasing it with mm-hmm. a new girl, and it sells. Yeah. And I don't play that game for the girls. I play the game because I like the beach volleyball. <laughs> I like going to the casino, playing blackjack to get more money, to buy more stuff. What was that dumb? Every time I watch you play that game, I just think of that one dumb mini game where the two of you are on like these inflatable things yeah, in the water and yeah, try to knock each other go. off or something. Yeah, it's like, what the heck I'm is really this? I'm really bad at that game. There's a butt bouncing one, too. I'm like, that game was made just because of the physics, right? 100%. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's not made for the volleyball at all, but I love the volleyball in the game. Ever since uh, I, 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 don't, I think I played the first one ever. Uh, yeah, and I imported that game from Asia, the new one, because it's not available in North America. So I got it just to play Beach Volleyball. Uh, the next example I had on the list here is definitely more, it's not really a thing anymore, but I would say during a certain period for Nintendo, specifically in the Wii period, maybe even Wii U, I was going to say mostly Wii period, um, Ubisoft definitely shifted away from traditional Rayman games and went hard on the Rabbids. Rabbids was like the oh, thing for that generation. Now it went back. It's kind. It's kind. It's kind. Well, they're not really making a new Rayman. No, but I mean, like it switched from the Rabbids games to a two D spectrum, which mm-hmm. then those games are quite good, also. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, I wonder if they'll ever bring if they're if they're gonna bring one of those back. I would say they'd probably more likely to bring Rabbids back because I think it, they it can better. sell to the Switch generation to yeah. us kids. Well, like, but at that time too, they made a TV show. Right, a lot of media about the, it. Yeah. Um, where were the other ones? Mario and uh, Rabbids and Mario. Donkey I know what you're, game you're talking about. Oh my gosh! Kingdom, Rabbit, Rabbit Kingdom, or something. something. What was it called? Yeah, that's the last time they have been around, though. I think, but yeah, I think like that would probably be. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm not surprised they they should put the rabbits in like Smash. Oh, that be funny. Give, I think I've seen that like <laughs> yeah. mentioned somewhere, but no, funny. he already has them all chosen. Don't bother him anymore. Here's another uh, example I have on the list here. It's definitely a. Uh, a, a, a generational thing because this one fran- this one's franchise doesn't really exist anymore but I was going to say when they made the decision to kind of switch from Spyro games to Skylanders during the whole toy craze when that was yeah. going on yeah well that was the first one to break through wasn't right. it right and they made how many of those games make four or five of those Skylanders four, games four I believe four of them before eventually that did they come and get put on like toys for Bob they no, wonder they make other or games they now. do other stuff now okay yeah. 
But I, I'm saying, like, I don't see them bringing back Spyro ever again. I guess that's the only... No, I've heard Crash rumored way more yeah. than Spyro. Yeah. I mean, they, get, they did do the Spyro trilogy. Was it last year or two years ago? That... I think it was two years ago. Two years ago. Now. That was good, but... Yeah, it's just 3D platformers don't usually happen that often anymore that I can think of. Yeah. There's, yeah. I don't know. Last time I tried to play a Spyro game, I got, like, nausea for some reason. <laughs> so I think I'm just old. There's next one on the list. I actually found an article about this, and I thought it was interesting. So did you know that, because someone had mentioned in the reset thread that in terms of, like, a game where a a uh, spinoff became more popular than the main franchise, someone said, well, Assassin's Creed from Prince of Persia. I'm like, what? How are they related? So then I looked it up online, and I found an article that uh, Assassin's Creed 1, which came out, I think, in, like, 06? 07, or, I think. 07, maybe? Okay. I so. Yeah, I think you're right, 07. Uh, so when Assassin's Creed 1, when it was in development, it was actually being developed as a Prince of Persia game. And then mid-development, they made this transition to, they like, hey, this sort of new franchise. Is this and like then, the Dar- Star Fox Adventure thing, where it used to be a dinosaur game? I don't know. <laughs> Star Fox Adventure, the one that everybody hates. Yeah, I know. The one yeah. that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, a dinosaur... Uh, game like a dinosaur platformer. Oh really? Yeah, and then kind of saw it, and they're like, <laughs> "Well, we need Star Fox stuff. Let's put Star Fox in it." And that's how that came to be. Hmm. So but, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. But I, did, it, I had no idea though. Yeah, but it's interesting because again, I don't, I don't see Usai ever, ever bring back Prince of Persia. I like, saw a thread today that said that there, the Prince of Persia had to be uh, canceled mm-hmm. because of licensing. Right. So maybe that's just yeah. it. Yeah. Who owns it now? Who knows? Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. There's some other examples on the thread I didn't really go into, but someone said, like, well, technically, if you want to say the original spinoff would have been Mario getting his own game from Donkey Kong, if you go back to, like, the 80s. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, it's, like, that's a deep like, cut. <laughs> yeah. Or someone said even, like, what if, you cons- if you're considering a spinoff, if you're considering Mario Brothers the main series, then you just have to say probably the best spinoff ever would be Mario Kart. Like, really? I thought I would have put Super Smash Bros. above that. Yeah, that too. But consider how many... Well, Mario Kart's been around since the SNES days and how many how many millions of those games sold. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's true. I've never been a fan of Mario Kart. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other ones. Like, I, I would go back to Pokemon. I probably enjoyed the side games of Pokemon, like Snap and Stadium and the Mystery Dungeon games. More I mean, than, like, you, actual if you're going to say Pokemon, you'd probably say Pokemon Go. Oh, it's yeah, Go, than too. The main series. <laughs> I wish my pockets were always full so i would actually go outside and do more but i don't want to pay money (laughs) (laughs) okay good well that's some good discussion there um my other topic i had here today which i I literally just have the topic written on a page i don't have any examples written down so we're just going to kind of like kind of go with this go with the flow here no no no, it's in movies we're still still in video games uh but another question i came up with was um i mean it's not an original question i'm sure it's i probably just when i was sitting here thinking i was probably like "Ah, i've probably seen that on a forum somewhere before and i'll just (laughs) Use it again for this good discussion. But okay. uh, so, in terms of video games, um, give me some good examples or bad examples of games where, like, I'm trying to have a phrase this question. All I wrote on my page here was "open world fatigue?" Question mark. So, how I'm going to phrase it to you is: give me some examples of games that have good open worlds and bad open worlds, and explain why they are good, good or bad. Open yeah. Okay. The last game I played that had a good open world, I would say, is Outer Wilds. Outer Worlds. Gosh darn it, I did the Don't do that. You already screwed I it up. Did yeah. it. Outer, Outer Worlds. Worlds. Okay. And um, why is that? It wasn't too big. Like, I know that people will complain. There are planets on the Outer World map that look like they should be able to be traversed, mm-hmm. but they are not available. You're, through the whole game, you cannot go to them. They're assumed to be DLC. Okay. Um, but I never got fatigued by that world. It changed up enough. You did spend a little bit too much time on some of them, like near the end of the game. But uh, I I never was fatigued by anything, and getting to planet to planet was fine. It yeah, I just really liked the size, and I didn't get lost ever. 
uh, and there was always some little thing to do in each spot. Where bad, I would have to say probably Odyssey, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. As much as I love that game, mm-hmm. is it, it is, is that it looks too so like darn the... big. It is. There's not enough to do in the areas, but, it, but if not you not enough to if, do, you mean not enough variety. I think variety. You know there's definitely yes. enough to do yeah, in those no, games. Yeah. You're right. There's not enough variety. Right. And I'm just sailing on the water. The water takes too darn long because it's Athens and and Greece, and it is just so so many islands, and you're always sailing to each island, yeah. and all I hear is the shanties. <laughs> if I love the shanties, but I want like black flag. Yeah, I think if you were gonna say which Sasquatch game had the best open world, aside from maybe because I mean two obviously was. Like one had open world, but one was kind of bland. Two was pretty good when they had. I think two was in Italy, right? Like yes. Venice and stuff. Now the thing with the Ezio games is they all sort of take place in the same setting, so it can be a little samey yes. if you play all the Ezio ones back to back to back. So that's why I think Black Flag is one that really stood out at first because of like they had the ship traversals off in Assassin's Creed Three. They introduced it there, so you had a bit of uh, that. But it became more of a for- for focus and gameplay in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Plus with the whole pirate theme and going around different islands and stuff, I think that was a bit more. Because I couldn't get variety. into Origins because I hate desert settings you know, like with and stuff. a freaking yeah. passion. So yeah. I just couldn't get into that open world if it was good or not. That's why I came to Odyssey. I lo- like I like the Greek history and I love Cassandra. Uh, and that story was going places. But maybe Horizon Zero Dawn. How was that one? I like the Horizon Zero Dawn a lot. I think there was some really good... I didn't even get around to playing that. I really want to play the DLC because I introduced the, fro- the frozen area of the map. But, but how uh, was like, the whole... Like, was there enough stuff to do? Was it different enough? Yeah, there was definitely... It had that sort of Ubisoft thing where it's like... Or sorry, I shouldn't say Ubisoft. It's not an Ubisoft <laughs> game, but it felt like an Ubisoft game where you had like those portions of the map. You, you, you'd unlock a new part of the map and all the icons would pop up. Yes. But here's all the monsters you can hunt and here's the different caves and hidden things you can find. Right. Like, that's just part of the formula nowadays for open world stuff. But... I love that stuff. I hate when they take that away from me. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I like the open world a lot in Horizons Zero Dawn. And if they do make a sequel, which I'm sure they will one day, I oh, hope. Oh, it's heavily rumored. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say an example of... Well, I have two examples of ones I didn't really like too much and why I don't like them. So, I need a good one, though. I'll give you a good one, too. No, no. You oh. need a good one. I do. I have lots of good ones. But oh, okay. I'm just getting the bad ones out of the way. So in terms of... In terms of my mind first is... When I say bad, I don't mean like... It's not that artistically... Like, the devs do good work, obviously. I like both. I like these games. It's just the open world oh. aspect didn't... So for me, Watch Dogs 1. Um, okay. Because, you know, it felt like a light GTA clone, the way the, the open world works. But... It's not like you can interact with people, obviously, on the uh, like pedestrians when you're running around. It's part of the thing where you can like hack everybody. That's part of the gameplay hook. But I just felt like the uh, like the the driving around and just the way the map was like the map was laid out. It was Chicago. The driving was terrible. Driving, yeah, when we're talking about gameplay mechanics, I'm just I'm talking about just the open world itself. I know, it just but didn't traversing feel traversing the world in a car was yeah. terrible. Yeah, it felt like a poor GTA clone. Yeah. Like, they, I, I, I love the concept. Though. I do. I like the gameplay a lot in Watch Dogs. I like the story even. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to play enough of Watch Dogs 2 to really come. I know this, people like the setting of Watch Dogs 2 better. It's a lot more mm. colorful. You're in San Francisco compared to like depressing Chicago where it's always yeah. like raining and yeah. everybody wants to kill each other. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. Watch Dogs 1, I mean, kind of disappointed me a little bit. Um, when you, especially when you compare it to something like, like Rockstar, the king, obviously. I was going to say, like, I'm you can't, you can't hold the candle to GTA 5 or Red Dead 2. Those are the, the cream of the crop, right? Um, even if you don't like those games, you have to appreciate how oh, detailed their sure. open worlds are. Even so, I, yeah. who hate Westerns, yeah. almost platinumed. <laughs> Red Dead One, and I, just because it was so like easy to travel around on my mm-hmm. horse, and it felt good, and it was just like calming almost. I think it's kind of crazy even how different Red Dead One and Red Dead Two feel in terms of the overall really? aspect. I don't even, I don't even mean because I haven't played Red Dead Two. I yet. don't even mean technologically, because obviously the technological advances they made for Red Dead Two are amazing. For sure. But just the way that the 
like Red Dead One feels very old school Western. Like mm-hmm. uh, with the especially when you when you cross from like spoilers when you cross from like Mexico. America to Mexico, it feels very different there. But uh, yeah, Red Dead Two just felt crazy with all the detail they had in the. Uh, Is it more like a GTA forests and the towns kind of, and the like small things? And... Yeah. Oh yeah, all the details and everything. Yeah. It's nuts. Okay. Um, another example of one that didn't, and again, this is a very divisive game, and I know I haven't played nearly enough of this game to make comment on Is it, it but from what I've, world? well, I don't like the overall aspect of it, but also it's just I don't know. I can never get through more than like a few hours of playing this game at a time. Would be Breath of the Wild. Oh man, yeah. I totally forgot about that game. Yeah. I've heard other people online that have played a lot of it complain about the open world stuff too. So I don't think I'm alone in that. But yeah, there's not enough. It like doesn't tell you enough for me. Like I'm a baby now. I know that I'm a baby now. I need those things on my map. The first thing I do when I get into a new Assassin's Creed area, I climb that Eagle Tower (laughs) and I find all the things I need to do. Yeah, Yeah, I synchronize. I have to do those things. I have to have those icons in Breath of the Wild. This does not give that to me. I hate it. I have to make my own map, and I hate it. (laughs) Ah. Sorry, Breath of the Wild, you're probably good. I just don't, I can't get there. I know yet. also another one, another pet peeve of mine would be like the most recent, uh, and by most recent, I mean maybe the last, like four of the last five they've done, like Need for Speed games. <laughs> well, I don't think you're alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, like I like I like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit because even though it's just very Hot structured. Hot amazing. It's very, but it's very structured. It's not open world. It's just you go back to a map, yeah. you choose your events or your races, you go into the events. It's when they went into open world, they had. When did they well, start doing that? It's well, when, when Criterion started. Well, Criterion also run, did probably. Hot Pursuit, but. Yeah, after the run, that's when they did uh, Most, Most Wanted, Wanted, and after that they did... Um... Was it just Need for Speed? I didn't play that one. Yeah, that, well, that wasn't done by... I, I, I'm just saying Criterion. I think Criterion was done after Most Wanted, and then after that, that was when Ghost Games picked it up, and they started doing... What was the first thing? Like, Rivals came out for oh, PS4. Yes. That was a PS4 launch. Was it a launch game? No. But Rivals, and then there was the Need for Speed one that you mentioned that just called Need yeah. for Speed, and then they did that... I think that one... Yeah, they did that one called Payback, which was terrible. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And then the most recent one they did was it Heat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be okay, like the best, yeah. best of the bunch. But but those not. ones again, they just it's very bland open worlds. Like there's never enough like traffic, or it just doesn't feel. Do real. they do the same thing as Horizon, where they pull in traffic from other people? Which like, one? Like like does a heat? Yeah, yeah, I think it does the same thing Rivals did, okay. where yeah, you'd have like other people on the map. Other... But auto-populated by other people's drivatars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Okay. I didn't play a ton of heat to get really into that. Well, maybe but... that's a problem. We didn't have enough drivatars to bring <laughs> yeah. in. So, I don't know. Like, it's... I'm like... Because Burnout Paradise was so good. <gasps> that is a good game. And even the most one does feel kind of like that. Because, again, the same developers as Criterion doing it. But... But Paradise is a different beast. Yeah. Totally different gameplay. It's this... Um... The setting is the perfect size. Mm-hmm. And they know what they were going for. It was the style of that game that sold that game. Like, again... I, I know a game I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that I really enjoyed the open world in was Driver San Francisco. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, obviously it takes place in San Francisco, hook. but yeah. But just, again, that one felt pretty, like, again, you didn't, you never got out of your car. It's like you were walking around like a Watch Dogs or a GTA well, game. Well, now Need but, for Speeds. Yeah. But I don't know. Something about that game just felt, felt good open world wise. Like, it wasn't too big. That it felt overwhelming, and there's enough like so. I like other games where the map is big, but not so big, like big so that if you play after like ten hours or so, you're like, okay, I know where everything is. Yeah, well, that's I, how I felt like, with the Outer Worlds. I did it right this mm-hmm. time. Like I once I got like good with the area for three or four hours, I was like, okay, no, I know which direction. I don't need the map anymore. What about for, like no more quests are? Uh, I don't have any frame reference for games I barely played it, but I know you have. What about Skyrim? Oh, I beat Skyrim. <laughs> Uh, I know there's very purist people that will walk and never mm-hmm. use fast travel. No people are cray cray, but I think that 
it, being one of the first massive ones, it like when you get out of the first, I don't know, sequence, I would say, it doesn't give you direction where to go. <laughs> like some people give up at that point because they're like, I went off and died and I didn't know where the first 10 was. Mm-hmm. But So maybe the lack of direction in that game probably is, is that a Bethesda thing though? <laughs> That's like follow games are kind of like that too, right? They give you a yeah, little bit of sap at the beginning the and then you're yeah. out on your own. <laughs> like, like I think it's a different kind of thing where you have to go in knowing what it what you're expecting. But I did enjoy like going through the runes and finding stuff, but it, get, it does get a little samey after a while in Skyrim for sure. What are, what are the you, you've played the Fallout games more than I have too? What's the main differences open world wise between Fallout Three and Fallout Four? Fallout Three cooler. <laughs> okay, but why? I'm asking. Like I don't know. I, I played a little bit of both. Fallout Four has a lot. Of, I, well, you have Liam Neeson in one of them. You don't need the other one, so there you go. No, we're not talking about story. We're talking about open world. No, it's just it's just more of the same, really. Like, I, what's the story of Fallout? That the world, there has been the apocalypse. Like, you are there before the apocalypse, and then the apocalypse happens? Like, in 4, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's more brown than gray <laughs> than the other one, but that's really the only difference I can think of. There's less shelters to go through. I really like going through the shelters in 3, um, but they don't they don't use that as much in 4. Can, so again, I'm, I'm asking about a lot of games that you play more than I do. So, do MMOs fall into this category? Like, MMOs Open have. Open world? Yeah. I think that's the only way they can survive is being open world. They right. They can have a linear MMO. So I would ask you, which open world do you prefer and why? World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV? That's a poopy <laughs> question. What do I prefer more? Yeah. Oh, man. And again, I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the characters I or the know, gameplay. I know, I know. Just the world. Well, the like... Final Fantasy XIV is so much prettier. Oh, okay. So graphically, <laughs> we're talking. Well, I mean, you played Warcraft for so many years. Was there something you liked about the world, or was it just the gameplay that hooked you? Like, it's on it? the gameplay and the mods that I can add that make right. the gameplay easier. Like I don't like having, like sometimes it's super hard for me to see a node of metal on a rock. So there's so many add-ons I can do. Like I don't know. I, it's more of the gameplay for both those games that bring me in more than the world. So if I have to choose, I'd have to choose a world of fourteen because it's prettier to look at and it's really sparkly. Okay. Any other open worlds you could think of that you don't like or didn't like? Don't Sorry. like? I don't um, know. I have to think. I, I mean, let's be honest. When, when did when did games... There was a period where it seemed like every developer was making an open world game. When did that, that was, shift? That was a thing. It was like, this game is three times larger than our last so one. So would that be, what, like sometime between the 360 PS3 cycles when it really kicked in? Yeah, I think like, like the end of the 360 cycle, people yeah. were, companies were trying to do that, but then they just couldn't fit it. So it's probably like Skyrim was on PS3 and Xbox mm-hmm. first. But then, like, consider how much bigger in scope I think the Far Cry games got from true. like from like Far Cry Two, obviously, which was like an early 360 game. Three, it got pretty big. Four was more of three, and then f- I think five was the biggest though was in Saints, terms of the map size. Like was five was huge. Saints Row Four bigger than three? Uh, I think they were similar. Three big. Four might have been a little bit bigger, but not like twice as big or anything like that. Like, I always think it was funny whenever open world games were going through that crazy phase when developers, every time you read a review or a preview about a game, they would always say, like, oh, it's four times bigger yeah, than the last those game. Were the it's like, words of that time. yeah, well, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean better. Well, eventually, you have to understand that people are getting older. They have less time to do these things, yeah. and that is not a selling feature anymore. Ugh. I think I saw uh, the Ubisoft, you know, that Ubisoft, uh, the original SS Creed developer, I think it was Patrice 
Desolet. Yeah. He there was an article recently where like he apologized for starting the whole Assassin's Creed Tower thing. Because, oh no, it's in every game. Because now, now every game does it and he's like, I'm sorry I started this trend. <laughs> like <laughs> No, yeah. I love it. Thank you for doing that. I love climbing the towers and doing my jumping thing and whatever. Landing in the leaves. I remember I remember the first time, like especially because it's another Ubisoft game, I remember the first time playing like Far Cry three after some of the Assassin's Creed games already come out. I remember Far Cry three when you have to climb the radio towers yeah. to unlock a signal. I'm like, this is exactly just like Assassin's Creed two. So I'm not jumping off into a pile of hay yeah. afterwards. <laah> like do all the after that have that? Yeah, yeah, they all do. Yeah, they all have some kind of thing where you have to climb up and repair a signal, and yep, then you unlock right. more of the map. It's like yep, okay, I love yeah. it. What did I do recently? I did that. Oh, dying light. Yeah, dying light. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a thing. I'm okay with it though. I love it. I love knowing where things are, and I'm okay with just having to find a tower in the first place. Hundred percent. Okay, well, I think that's all I got on that topic. Anyway, open worlds. Uh, since we'll get a little bit of time here left in the podcast, so I got a couple of movie things I want to discuss really quickly. Uh, first, I saw a funny bit of news today I want to discuss. Um, so, <laughs> if I was going to say to you that a famous actor, I won't say who, I'm going to make a guess. If, okay. if a famous actor uh, was talking to, he's collaborating with NASA and SpaceX. That's the Elon Musk. Yeah. So he's collaborating with both of these. He 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 wants to film. A movie in space like actually film it in space uh-huh if i was gonna ask you what actor do you think it would be actor yeah tom cruise yes <laughs> so tom cruise wants to film an entire movie in space <laughs> he could do it yeah he's tom cruise exactly <laughs> and i'm like man like i don't care how good like nasa or elon musk and all their billions and trillions of dollars are would you really want to risk like filming movie in space with all things that can go wrong up there like what that's if... the point that's the thrill yeah, he, tyler i know he's crazy he needs a higher thrill we can't do it on earth anymore you know, you know how high his insurance already is well the stunts he does on earth how high is the, insur- the insurance gonna stay we're not covering if you go to space sorry yeah, <laughs> like... he would be fine with that he is okay with that he needs to do this and he'll be crazy enough to be like okay guys we're gonna shoot a stunt on the outside of this space shuttle yeah. and i'm uh, gonna let go yeah exactly i'm gonna let go and then uh i'll just i'll just have a uh He'll do. He'll do the Wally trick. He'll have a, a, a fire extinguisher yeah. in space to blossom around. <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, he's gonna do this. He's hundred percent gonna do this. It's crazy. Well, what, who was it? I read an article before. Someone else had wanted to. Um. Oh, I think the strangely enough, the guy who did like the last couple of Jurassic World movies, mm-hmm. he wanted to do. I don't know if it was a Jurassic World, but he wanted to do something. He wanted to shoot something in space, and the studio basically said no <laughs> to him. Like, no, we're not doing that. Are you crazy? Like, besides the logistical nightmare and the millions of dollars you have to spend and the dangers, it's yeah. So of course, Tom Cruise would be the one to break through and do this. I thought the guy that made Avatar would be the first one, James Cameron. Yeah, now nah, he's an underwater guy. Well, I knew, I, like, that's why I knew. I knew he <laughs> yeah. does the underwater right. stuff, and he loves it. So I thought, oh, might as well go the other direction. Space, yeah. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, uh, what was the other movie uh, question I had for you? I did have a separate topic I wanted to discuss really quick. Um, Rack that brain. I should have wrote it down. <laughs> you love your list. Silly me. Which, um, okay, so here's an example for you. Obviously, a lot of movies, because everything's going on in the world nowadays with COVID-19 and everything, all the movies this year are kind of getting pushed back or just delayed altogether all until yeah. 2021. Some studios haven't officially postponed movies yet. I think they're still holding out hope that the theater's yeah. going to be open by, like, July. But like, I, th- I think the all-countries problem is going to be... Like, for example, yeah. like, the, the big Christopher Nolan movie is coming out in, in the middle of July. Right. I, think, I think it might be July 24th was the date. They haven't budged on it yet. They're saying we're still going to hold this date probably till sometime in June. If we have to push it, we'll push it. But because I see, like, I don't see any way that Warner Brothers, who, who published that movie, published the right word, we're talking about video games here, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, financed the movie um, with Christopher Nolan 
Like, I don't see any way that that movie is one of those ones that would end up on video on demand. Like, that no. has to be a theater movie. But I don't know if it could release in July because even if theaters are open, they're not going to be. No, I think capacity. I think they will end up pushing it to like October or something. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, my question to you is, what are some movies, specific like movies or franchise that you could you like you wouldn't want as good as your home setup could be as amazing as your home theater tv whether you're an introvert or not what's a movie or franchise that you would like have to see in theaters like for me i couldn't watch a christopher nolan movie at home for the first time i've seen all of his movies in theaters like going all the way back to the the dark knight unfortunately i was stupid i didn't see batman begins in theaters yeah we're gonna talk about that on another topic (laughs) for another day movies i regret not seeing in theaters but for today the question is what movies or franchises would you be adamant about seeing in theaters on a big screen i have one genre that i need to see on big screen and that's musicals okay i need that music yeah full blast and every instrument heard i need that loud to get me into the the scene uh, like my biggest regret ever is not seeing Moulin Rouge in theaters. So mm. I also have a biggest regret because that would have been like the thing. And I also missed the re-release when they brought it right. back a couple years ago. So mm. I'm really failing. But that kind of movie, I like if it's not booming at me, I'm not going to buy a soundtrack or like put on my Spotify list when I get home. See, like, the funny thing for me is there was a time when I went to the theaters to see every Marvel movie. Like, I'm like, man, like, new superhero movie, I'm in. Let's go see it on the big screen, right? And then over the last, like, three or four years, like, obviously, I saw Avengers Endgame in theater. Yeah. I'm not going to miss that. But there was did lots... Did Doctor Strange in theaters? Yeah, I did. Did you? But there was... I'm trying to think... There were some of the recent ones I didn't see in theaters. I, like, I didn't see Captain Marvel in theaters. I didn't Woman. see Wonder Woman. I didn't see... Uh, so I mean, that's not Marvel. It's DC. But I see what you're trying to get at. I would have gone to see Black Widow in theaters if it came out this year. Mm. But no, my point was just like... I After a while, I kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? I can just watch Marvel movies at home, like on Blu-ray or 4K or whatever. I don't mind like missing that sort of... I don't know. I guess like it's not that I got tired of superhero movies. I still like watching them. Yeah. It's just I didn't feel like something I felt compelled to go to the theater to see anymore. I think it's just exhaustion. Like, you Whereas like, like the reason it. I mentioned like the Nolan films is to me, the way he films them, it just seems like it's such a spectacle. And this goes back to like... Like the last two that he did in theaters, uh, Dunkirk and Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Those I feel had to be theater movies, especially Dunkirk I because of the way the sound are, you was. You always have to say they're IMAX movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you have to go see them IMAX to yes. get them right. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he has that sort of appeal to him. Like I would say the same thing about like there was a time when you would say you'd always go see a Spielberg movie in theaters. Yes, for sure. Like when he was doing like obviously like, you know, going back to the Jurassic Park movies or like... Um, uh, it's like Saving Private Ryan, Minority Report, War of the Worlds. Those were all like big things you want to see on a screen. And lately, he's been doing more dramas and stuff. I definitely don't but, need to see like comedies in theaters. I don't need to see. I mean, it depends how you feel about Sometimes people like seeing comedies in a, the- a packed theater where everybody's laughing. You get that audience, you get that, that yeah. group feeling of being like watching a comedy at home by yourself. Yeah, it's still going to be funny, but seeing it in a theater can be good or bad. It, it, sometimes you go to a theater and people are laughing at every joke, even though it's not that funny. You're like, okay, like I get it. Let's <laughs> yeah. tone it down a bit. But com- for me, comedies and horror movies, I do really like seeing in theaters. I like horror seeing- movies. Yeah, you can all hear yeah. me cry. Yeah. <laughs> Dramas, for sure, I'd rather watch at home just because if I'm watching a drama, you I don't want listen. people... Yeah, I want to listen to the dialogue. I don't want people around kicking me eating their popcorn <laughs> and kicking chairs on their cell phones and all that crap. Like, when you have a big, loud movie, you can ignore a lot of those aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for me lately, like... Also, too, I would say, like, kids' movies. Like, I really enjoy... And maybe it's just because I like going to see them with Lucas, with, right. with, with our son. But uh, for me, like, last few kids' movies you've seen in theaters, I felt I had a stronger impact watching them in the theater than I do at home. Like, Toy Story 4, for example. 
or the Lego, movie? Lego movies. Um, even like the Sonic movie that him and I saw earlier oh, yeah. this year. Like I really like seeing that in theaters. And like I'd watch it again at home, but I don't feel I have the same impact at home. I feel like in the theater it was just better. Hmm. Like, he also saw Frozen too. Yeah, that too. Like and again, I just I don't know. It's just something about animated movies on a big screen just do it for me more than at home. Yeah, I don't know what I, how I would have felt differently about Wally or up if I watched him home first. Wally for sure, I think had a bigger impact on me at theaters. I think like the like, space setting yeah. is more conducive to that. But up probably like it, it's just awesome. I think. Yeah. But I don't know how my feelings would change. We we tried to go watch up in theaters how many times? At least three times. Yeah. It was packed. Sold out every, every time. single yeah. time. So we watched some random movies like Night in the Museum Two and stuff like that. Oh, did we really? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And some other random movies that we shouldn't have paid for probably. Yeah. <laughs> Another one for me, I know it's a more recent franchise, but it's one that I definitely will be seeing like day one in theaters every time is the John Wick franchise. Oh, like, well, I was going to say, what would you without Mission <laughs> Impossible in theaters? Yeah. Like, you uh, need your action flicks with your favorite boyfriend. Well, especially like, the yeah, Mission Impossible, the last two movies, they've really stepped up the uh, blockbuster <gasps> aspect of it. What? What for? What about Bond? <sighs> oh, I got the sigh of, I don't know. Okay, so I've seen all the Daniel Craig movies in theaters. I think I saw a couple of the, I definitely saw a couple of the Brosnan ones in theaters with my dad back in the day. I don't think I saw Golden Eyes. I was probably only like seven or eight at the time. I do remember seeing Toronto Never Dies and probably Die Another Day in theaters. Um, but yeah, the Craig ones, I've seen them all in theaters. Um, probably my best viewing experience being Skyfall. Like if, if it came out but, on, if it came out on streaming service tomorrow or you could wait a month and watch it in theaters, what would you do? I think I'd watch it at home. Uh-huh. Yeah, it kills uh-huh. me to say that, but well, I, I think... you'd say that about John Wick or Mission Impossible. You'd stay away no. from spoilers, or you would read the spoilers because you're you, but then you would you would wait for that theater experience, and you wouldn't you wouldn't spoil yourself at Yeah, home. that's a good point. <laughs> definitely one of the best theater experiences I've ever had in the last, like, decade or so was definitely Mad Max Fury Road. Right. That was an experience. I remember the first time I watched that in theaters. I remember I watching it in theaters down here in, like, Niagara, and then... I had to go see. I had, I'm like, I have to go see this in IMAX. Yep. So I had to go to Hamilton to see it in IMAX, and then saw it like a third time down here in Niagara yep. just because it was so good. But yeah, it's a spectacle. But yeah, I, like definitely a topic for another day is going to be. I could probably think of at least a half dozen movies off the top of my head that I regret not seeing in theaters. Yeah, like movies that I've watched them at home on Blu-ray or 4K for the first time, being like, man, this would have been amazing. Yeah. Be, why did I not go see this in theaters? Yeah. And it's movies that I was like interested in. I just either procrastinated too long and they left theaters or I was just like, eh, the reviews are okay on this. Maybe I'll wait till it comes out at home. And They were hidden gems. You uh, missed out. You gotta, in my opinion, I will always take, I would rather go to a movie in theaters and be disappointed, mm. take that chance, than miss out on really? an awesome movie on the big screen and seeing it at home. I'll, I'll be mm. annoyed at myself. I don't know if I'd say the same. Yeah. Like there's very few times, I could probably count on one hand the number of times in the last decade that I've actually been disappointed by a movie I've seen in theaters. Like, okay. Either either going in with high expectations and it just not being met or or just um, like, you know, going in and, and expecting nothing and still being disappointed. <laughs> but <laughs> So, yeah, like... That'll be a topic for another day for sure. Movies for sure. That, that I've just... I I'm sure I could regret. find a list and be like, yeah. oh, crap, I did miss that, didn't I? <laughs> <sighs> okay well uh, we have saved a lot of money with you not going to theaters though so that's true that's a win that is true <laughs> all the money goes to MLB the show instead I 100% <laughs> does last year was Apex this year is MLB yeah what's it next year more uh, MLB I don't know you'll we'll find see. a new niche yeah exactly 
Okay, well, I think we're going to wrap up this episode today. Cool you got nothing else to say? We're good. Oh, stay safe, <laughs> as Tyler always says. Yeah, well, it's important, right? <laughs> of course. I think everybody sort of I settles. I steal your line. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's the new normal nowadays. This is yes. what we have to deal with. Let's hope in a year from now, if we go back and listen to these podcasts again, we can just put this all behind us. and. Be like, oh, remember those times? Yeah, remember 2020? Yeah. <laughs> the year everybody forgets. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Have a good day, everybody. Boys. Bye.